For more hallelujah to Jesus. Once again, I want to welcome you to another time with the Lord. Um, this is our little study time, knowing and understanding the lives and the words of Jesus. Amen to Jesus. I keep going to the place for another time to share fellowship together again. And I want to assure you by the grace of God that we're going to have a glorious time in God's presence. And lives are never going to remain the same again in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. All right, like we've been studying on um, the life and the words of Jesus, um, taking the um, a reference from the book of Matthew by the grace of God. I'm going to be going through Matthew and then we'll go to the next um, book, uh, Mark and then Luke and John. I'm going on the synoptic gospels and then on the book of John. I will trust God for a great time in this study. Amen to Jesus. I believe that we are blessed in the last teaching. Uh, please do well to invite a friend, do well to tell somebody about this, do well to share this video so others can get blessed. Amen to Jesus. All right, today we're going to be looking at the fifth words of Jesus. Um, as rendered by Matthew, Amen to Jesus, and uh, these words actually happen to be phrases, Amen to Jesus. We are looking at Matthew chapter four, verse seventeen, and the Bible says, "And from that time Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand.' Holy Spirit, grant us revelation into your word in the name of Jesus." So the fifth phrase of Jesus, the fifth words of Jesus, as um, um, stated by Matthew, happens to be, "Repent." For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Amen to Jesus. Now we must understand that Matthew renders the fifth words of Jesus in the act of what? Preaching. So now um, the, 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 the fifth words of Jesus happen to be what? The act of preaching. So he was preaching and those, that, that was where the, the, the fifth phrase um, he used came out. Praise the Lord forevermore. Now Jesus preaching immediately after he overcame the temptation of the devil makes us understand that despite the three heavy temptations, he just surmounted, he was not carried away by celebrating his just achieved victory over the devil. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. So rather than do so, he immediately pursued his purpose. Now, uh, some of the times uh, we are easily carried away by victories and we stay on victories. Same way you should not stay on failure, you are not meant to also stay on victories. Praise the Lord forevermore. One of the greatest enemies of success is past success. Praise the Lord forevermore. So also one of the greatest enemies of success is past failures. So you are not to dwell on past failures, neither you to dwell on past success. Jesus um, um, taught us this by his approach. He just concluded his, um, his temptations and he dealt with the devil on three heavy temptations. The heaviest of all, like we learned last week, was the last one. And he finished the devil with these three temptations. He should have stayed there celebrating his victory of men. I just dealt with the devil. I just get, get the devil a hard blow. Three consecutive times I dealt with him, praise God. And he should have stayed celebrating that boy. He didn't stay celebrating the victory. Next thing he did was immediately move into his purpose. Now let me make you understand something. One of the enemies also of purpose is staying long on past success. Are we together? But the boss said that this I said, forgetting the things that are, that are behind, I press forward toward the mark of the high calling. Now, no matter how much a person has achieved in the past, the past remains past. And Jesus, Jesus modeled this for us. He did stay on the past success. He moved on to the pursuit of purpose. Past success does not equal to purpose. Are we together? I'm saying past success does not equal to purpose. So you must we must learn how to work. Let's go of past success. Celebrate God for past success. 
thank God for past success. Be excited with the past success. But now there should be triggers to push us to the world, to the next level, which is the pursuit of purpose. Because purpose is pursued on a daily basis. The fact is that you pursue purpose till you go till you leave your the, this planet Earth. And you get what I'm saying? And let me open understand something. Purpose is like a book that you keep opening chapters. Purpose keeps unveiling itself. So when you hear some people say, Oh, what is your purpose? Now your purpose cannot be totally understood and comprehended at once. You keep on growing in the knowledge and the understanding of your purpose. Praise God forevermore now. This act of Jesus, this act of Jesus created precedence to every believer in and every follower of him. Praise the Lord forevermore. We are not to dwell on immediate or past achievements because this could hinder the achievement of present and future goals and our ultimate purpose in life. Praise the Lord forevermore. So we're not dwelling on immediate or past achievements why it could hinder the achievement of our future goals or our future purpose. And like I said, purpose is progressive. So dwelling on immediate achievement or past achievement, it could make it, it, it could it could deter you from achieving the progressive nature of purpose. Purpose is progressive. Purpose is progressive. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. Now the next thing we understand is that Jesus commenced his preaching ministry by continuing what John the Baptist preached. Now first we understand that Jesus did not stay on his past victory. He did not stay on his immediate success. And that is the model for us to follow. No. Next thing we understand is that Jesus commenced his preaching ministry. And what did he commence his preaching ministry with? He commenced his preaching ministry with continuing what John the Baptist had preached. Wow, that's a very important. In fact, that's the crux of this whole lesson today. Praise the Lord forevermore. Hallelujah, teachers. Let's look at Matthew chapter 3, verse 1 to 2. It says, In those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So we see that John the Baptist came preaching. In, in the wilderness of Judea. And what was he preaching? Repent ye for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And Jesus comes up and begins his preaching ministry. And what does he begin with? The same thing John the Baptist was preaching. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Praise God forevermore. Now why did Jesus preach what John the Baptist preached? Because it's important we know the reason for everything in scriptures as much as we can know. Amen to Jesus. Because the more we know, the more enlightened we become and the more we can live the life of Christ in the fullness of it. Now, the level of your knowledge actually determines how much you are attain in the kingdom of God, number one. Number two, that means how, how, how little the devil can make a mess of you. Praise the Lord forevermore. Now, the, the extent to which you know the devil, the devil is, is actually afraid of people who know and know that they know and they exercise the knowledge you know. There are some kind of temptations he can't bring there then. Praise the Lord forevermore. Now, so why did Jesus do this? Number one, John the Baptist was his forerunner. Praise the Lord forevermore. John the Baptist was his forerunner. Praise God. And number two, as a forerunner of Jesus, John the Baptist began to preach what Jesus came to preach. Amen to Jesus. Now we must understand something. That there is a place of foreigners. And Jesus understood this. Jesus in quote did not just come with an all new message. The message he was preaching, he came to preach, was already being preached by somebody. God does not work without the place of foreigners. God uses foreigners. Why? Because if there's no foreigner, then the message it, 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 it comes as it were as something new to the people and they may not be able to, they may take so long a time to receive it. Now John the Baptist was preaching for a number of years at least preaching this particular message. Now G, it's it, it, it already a message that was already pretty pretty understood and pretty received by the people, even the Pharisees and the scribes. They came to listen to him praise the Lord forevermore. So in quote it was not much of a new message, amen to Jesus. So when Jesus came and continued the message, it was like, alright, we've heard it before and now we have begun to receive it and then it had been easier for them to receive the ministry of Jesus. 
Although this was the plan of God, yet many did not receive his ministry. Now you're not gonna you're not gonna break your head over the fact that many people will not receive your ministry. And you get what I'm saying? Um, that, that you're, gonna, you're gonna break um, break your head over the fact that many people have heard what you are saying in other ways. But when you come to say the same thing that they heard in, in another way, they start fighting. That you get what I'm saying? It's so am amazing when you see people teach from the word of God and these things are the word of God and these people are ready here. They fight it. I'm talking from experience. Praise the Lord forevermore. But it's not going to break your heart. Why? Because God always works with foreigners. Praise the Lord forevermore. Now, Jesus being aware of the above and having understanding that John the Baptist had done a great introductory and foundational work for him, simply continued from and built on where John the Baptist stopped. Are you getting me? He made it work, it made his work easier for him. Praise God forevermore. Even Jesus had to build on what John had done to be able to achieve his purpose here on earth. Jesus had to do that. Now, now, now Jesus even went ahead to speak about the greatness of John the Baptist. Look at what he says. He says in, uh, in, in, in Luke chapter 7, verse 24 to 28, he says, And when the messengers of John were departed, he began to speak unto the people concerning John. What went he into the wilderness to see? A reed shaking with the wind? But what went he out for to see a man clothed in such raiment behold they which are godlessly apparelled and live delicate delicately and the king's court but what went he out for to see a prophet yea i say unto you and much more than a prophet this is he of whom it is written behold i send my messenger before thy face we shall prepare the way before thee. So Jesus understood fully well, according to prophecies, that John the Baptist was a messenger sent by God to prepare the way before him. Now, God always uses foreigners. And you get what I'm saying? God always uses foreigners. Why? Because it, it, it makes the work a, a much more easier and it makes the work easily accomplished and it makes the people receive this, uh, the, 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 the sent one very much easier. Praise God forevermore. Now, so he, he knew that John was sent before him to prepare the way for him. He says, For I say unto you, among those who are born of women, there is not a greater than a greater prophet than John the Baptist. But he that is this in the kingdom of God is greater than he. Now, so we understood that Jesus spoke about the greatness of John the Baptist and spoke about the fact that, about the truth that John the Baptist was his forerunner. John the Baptist came to prepare the way for him. Now, Jesus not only did only celebrate that, he appreciated it and he maximized this. He was he, he maximized the truth that a foreigner came for him. Foreigners are there to make the work easy. Are you get what I'm saying? Um, uh, 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 um, predecessors are there to make the work easier for their successors. Amen to Jesus. Now, seeing Jesus um, did this, it makes us understand how important it is for us to do what? To, to build on the work of foreigners. Are you get what I'm saying? It's very important for us to build on the work of foreigners. This also creates a vital precedence and gives an important lesson for every Christian, who, which is we must build on and continue the good work which our foreigners and predecessors in the faith has done for us. We must build on the work that they have done for us. We must continue the work they have done for us. And you get what I'm saying? Amen to Jesus. Now, now, you see, it, well, I, 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 by the grace of God, I've been in the teaching ministry for quite a number of years, over a decade, praise the Lord forevermore, over well over a decade. And by the grace of God, I've been in the in the teaching ministry and um, studying the word of God little by little, the way I can I can I can you know learn as the Holy Spirit gives me understanding. One of the th one of the greatest challenges so far I've understood with the Church of Jesus uh, and one of th that challenge the church is facing today is refusal to continue and build on the good works done by foreigners. 
Yeah, that's one of the challenges we are having today. And some of the times we do this innocently. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We do this innocently. And, and you, I remember I was teaching in church. Um, I and Pastor and my wife were teaching, and we taught the basics of Scripture. We always teach the basics of Scripture. And there was somebody in church who said, ah, "Pastor, Bible is too hard." <laughs> and you know, but what I always tell them, I said, "You, it is impossible to live the life of Christ." without the empowerment of the Holy Spirit and without the grace of God. I've told them over and over again. I say it over and over again. And some of the times they don't understand, but they get to a point where they really uh, come to a point and say, really, you can't live this life on their own. Many of them try to live it on their own and they fell off in the process of doing it. Why? You see them, you read scriptures for them, exactly scriptures, and yes, they fight it. Now, many of the times, if you see um, the challenge the church have had with continuing the work of our predecessor, some of the, um, these challenges are, are with a good intention. Why some are out of, you know, some are, 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 are out of various reasons. Now, sometimes in a bid to be original, and in some cases, share pride, we choose to detach ourselves from the works done by those who came before us. Oh, be an original. Be an, yes, I believe in being an original. I believe in being, uh, yes, I'm original. I am I'm exactly what God created me to be. But I do not, I do not detach myself from foreigners. But as he says, if I could see fighters because I stood on the shoulders of those who came before me. And you get what I'm saying? Now, so I, I, I'm, I'm still an original building on the work that my foreigners built. And you get what I'm saying? You are still an original building on the work that your foreigners built. Praise the Lord forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. So we choose to detach ourselves from the work done by those who came before us. In so doing, we are erasing, watch this, we are erasing the ancient landmarks, which the Bible instructs us never to do. Proverbs 22 verse 28 says, Remove not the ancient landmark." which thy fathers have set. Remove not the ancient landmarks which thy fathers have set. In a bit to be original, some of the times, some of the times, share pride, some of the times, dogmas. Some of the problems we had with the people we, uh, who came to meet us here was the problem of dogmas. You hear some kind of dogmas and you wonder, you ask them, are you okay? You, you, you begin to wonder, where did you get these dogmas from? And they can't really take it away from scriptures. They just, they've been taught dogmas over the years. They believe dogmas. Some of them have mixed traditional religion with Christian, Christian practice and they just modeled up a lot of things and so they come with some dogmas. And when they are taking them to the ancient land, their dogmatic understanding begins to fight the truth of the word of God. And this is what is happening in the church till date. Tradition has its place. Religion has its place. Dogmas have their place. And these things have modeled up themselves. And they have caused a lot of confusion in the church of Jesus. That we cannot even build on the foundations that our foreigners built on. And by doing this, we are doing what? We are erasing the ancient landmarks. And it is dangerous. It is what? dangerous. Now, who are the foreigners? Who are those foreigners? Now, as followers of our Lord Jesus Christ, our foreigners are simply, I'll let you know something, our foreigners are his disciples, who he called, chose, taught, and trained for three years, thereabout, or a little over that, and gave the great commission to them, as seen in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 to 20. Yeah, those are our foreigners. I get what I'm saying. First, John 1 says, for the things that we have seen 
and our eyes have looked upon, our hands have handled of the world of life. They had close contact with this Jesus. They saw him. They ate with him. They, they, they moved with him. Are you getting what I'm saying? He taught them. He discipled them for years. And now, based on the experiential knowledge and revelational knowledge of Jesus they had, they began to transmit this revelation down generation. Now, if we must successfully do this work, we must go back to their revelations. We must hold on to what Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are saying. We must hold on to what Peter, what Jude they are saying, what Andrew they are saying. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, even Paul, the, Paul, Paul says, when the Lord appeared to me when he called me, he said, I confirm not to flesh and blood, but I went to Arabia for three and a half years. Why? I want to have an encounter with this Jesus that called me. So for three and a half years, the disciples were with Jesus, with physical presence for three and a half years. Are you getting what I'm saying? Paul had to go and look for his own encounter for three and a half years. So while the disciples had a physical encounter for three and a half years, Paul had an a spiritual encounter for three and a half years. He knew that he had to match the encounter for him to be able to operate in the dimensions of operating. Now you get what I'm saying? So these men are our foreigners. Praise God forevermore. They are foreigners. Look at Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 to 20. It says, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. They began the work of the Great Commission and laid a solid foundation for succeeding generations. You get what I'm saying? So Jesus told them in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 to 20, and based on the commission he gave to them, they began what? A great, the great work of the commission. Uh, they began the great uh, commission, and they what laid a solid foundation for succeeding generation. Now you get what I'm saying. Now these great foreigners did a great job for the Christian faith, and sacrificed their lives for who and what they believed. Who did they believe in? Jesus. What did they believe? His teachings. They were ready to die for what they believed, even though people like Peter were called tomb raiders. Even though they have said many negative things about them, yet they did not lower their standard. They were ready to die for what they believed. They lived and died for the gospel of Jesus. They only sought to make Jesus happy. They only cared for the will of their master Jesus. As good soldiers of Christ, they were joyfully matter. They were joyful matters for him. Uh, uh, we're told that when, when, when Peter was about to die, when he was about to crucify me, he told them, no, 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 you cannot crucify me upwards the way my master was crucified. You're going to, you have to do it upside down. So they turned his cross upside down. One of the one of the disciples also, when he was about to die, when he was about to be crucified, he came before the cross and he saluted the cross and said, "I've long waited for this opportunity to die." They were spared. And Thomas, who we call the Dark Thomas in India, he was spared through on a mountain just for the gospel of Jesus and for the Jesus and for Jesus he believed in. Oh, one was sown into two. One was dragged by a horse to the die. They were joyful matters for the Lord Jesus. Are you getting it? They built this foundation on the platform on the sacrifice of their lives and their blood. Praise God forevermore. Now, they counted it an honor to die for Jesus. Their only purpose for living was Christ and death was gained to them. They lived only to please Jesus. They, they, they left the comfort of their homes to face discomfort in other nations where they were foreigners, not as stories, but as missionaries for Jesus. I have a little taste of this. This is my second missions field. And I always tell people, as an African, like foreigner to Africa to other African nations. Now don't think that as you are going to other African nations, they are going to re receive you all because you are being in the gospel. No, 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 no. I'm talking from experience. They will repel you, they will, they will attack you spiritually and every other aspect. And, and, and if you are not really standing for Jesus, you can just be thrown off the balance. So we I, I, I 
left the comfort of my home. I have everything I need in my home, but I left the comfort to come here and begin to live in some depths of discomfort, some level of discomfort, just for the gospel of the Lord Jesus. By the day, the Lord makes me understand what He sent me to do here. So they left their this their comfort and went out to fit this comfort for the gospel of the Lord Jesus. They lived both in lack and supplies with joy in order to preach the gospel. They counted it all joy to be beaten and imprisoned for the sake of the gospel. Peter was beaten and imprisoned. Paul was beaten and imprisoned. They lived and died for Jesus. These are our foreigners. These are the people who, who laid the foundation for us. Are we building on what they build? What is the gospel we are preaching today? How are we living our Christian life today? Are we doing it the way they did it? Are we ready to to, to, be, to, to spend and be spent for the gospel? Are we ready to live and die for Jesus? Are we ready to face discomfort, hardship for Jesus? Are we ready to give it all out for Jesus? Yes, you may not have to be martyred. You may not have to be sown into two. You may not have to be crucified. You may not have to be beheaded like Paul was beheaded. But situations will come your way that will make it look as if you are being matter are you ready to face this situation just because you are standing for jesus are you ready to face this situation just because you are preaching the gospel of the lord jesus i know what it means to do this for years and i know it's not a sweet experience but we are building on the foundations of our foreigners jesus did this we are meant to do it these men are our gallant foreigners and we must build on the great foundation they laid for us why because jesus created the precedence and masters is as he said a servant cannot be greater than his master he created the precedence as his followers we must follow the precedence if he since he built on what john the baptist preached he continued it we must build on what the foreigners his disciples preach we must continue preaching the same gospel they preach and living the same sacrificial life for christ they live i pray for you this moment i don't know who is under the sound of my word and you are saying yes um, pastor i want to build on the foundations of the foreigners i want to i want to do what they have done i i, I want i want to make sure that i am following the precedence that jesus made for us if you are under the sound of my voice and you want to make that commitment to god come on let's pray together at this moment let's say lord jesus i receive grace of you to build on the foundations of our foreigners just as you created the precedence by continuing the message that John the Baptist preached Lord Jesus I receive grace to continue the work which our foreigners your disciples have done just as we are the continuation of them I receive grace to be the full continuation of them in the name of the Lord Jesus can you pray that prayer tonight can you pray that prayer Lord Jesus we receive grace we receive grace just like you built on what John the Baptist built you continue the message that John the Baptist preached you you you, you continue the message of your foreigner Lord Jesus we receive grace to continue the message that that this that your disciples that, we, that, they, that, they, that they preached uh, to live the, to, to continue the kind of life that they live they live sacrificial lives they live and die for you and die for you they preach jesus even at the point of death lord we receive grace uh, to do this in the name of the lord jesus uh, the church of jesus shall not be ruled by dogmas uh, we shall not be ruled by traditional ideologies and, and, and mental reasons uh, we shall be ruled by the by the principles uh, that jesus 
get to us. The precedence of building on the foundations of foreigners. We shall we shall be governed by this principle in the name of the Lord Jesus. Jesus created a precedence and we follow it in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Now at this point, I want to, at this point, I want to pray for everyone present who has not made Jesus their Lord and personal Savior. And you want to do that now. Could, please could you say this prayer with me? Say, Dear Lord Jesus, today I know that I'm a sinner. I come to you. I, had, I, I, I know that you died and resurrected for me and you shed your blood on Calvary Street for me. Lord Jesus, today I receive you as my Lord and personal Savior. Come into my life. I choose to serve and follow you all the days of my life. Thank you, Lord Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Lord Jesus, I pray for everyone present who has prayed this prayer. I thank you for receiving them in the beloved. And I thank you for giving them the grace to build on the foundations and continue the works that our foreigners have done. Thank you, Lord Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray for everyone present under the Son of my God. I thank you for giving, for, for receiving the grace to build on the works that our foreigners have done and to continue the teachings and the lifestyle they lead. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for indeed men shall see us and call us Christianos, Christ's lights. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen and amen. I want to believe that you're blessed. I want to thank you for your time. God bless you for investing this time into God's word. Grace to you.